Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore Retreat and Clearly Not Prepared. And <laughs> I think I'm getting a little rusty myself, Simone. I mean, I know this is our like... I was just like talking away and you're like, hello. <laughs> 112th episode, but you know, it's been a while since <gasps> we've been, been together. together, reunited, and so it's and in studio. Yes. So it's great to be back with you. Have you been? I loved the episode you had with uh, Kristen Trotz and Dr. Robert Haddon. She's going to give you a run for your money. Mm. Do you hear me? Well, don't let her get too comfortable. So I uh, saw Dr. Lauren Scott yesterday. Um, We had a governor's advisory commission meeting and he presented on on the report. And I just walked right up to him, and I'm like, I am the voice that was on the other end of the phone, <laughs> on the other so end of the radio. you got to meet him in person. I yeah, heard yes. there were a whole bunch of uh, really great economic reports about coastal Louisiana that were presented at that yeah, meeting. Yeah, you know, we, we kind of talked about it on the, the show that day, but I mean, just a series. Um, so Robbie presented on the data center, had two reports, and then uh, Lacey McManus was there from GNO Inc. talking about their jobs report. And then Dr. Lauren Scott, of course, talked about the economic impact of diversions report but it was it actually flowed so well Robbie was up there and and he was talking and um, one of the commissioners kept asking him questions and Lacey's like I'm next I'll answer those you know so it worked out really well um, in the timing of it so it was was interesting to see all that put together and just a reminder if anybody wants to see that information they post it on the CPRA's website Um, they archive the information at the meetings um, on coastal.la.gov of slash calendar. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, I think today's show is a perfect follow-up to yes. the last show because yes. we talked about the economic opportunity of the work of coastal restoration, yes. um, the water management sector. And today we're talking about education, you yes. know, and the, um, the opportunities that exist, you know, really from high school on for uh, students to get involved, to educate themselves about coastal land loss, coastal restoration. You know, um, my and- favorite question what did little, how did little shock ever want to do coastal oh, restoration? You've you never know? asked so, me that, but it was a well, long we know. path. You used, we'll to, to, used to play in the canal. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Used to wander in the woods in I, Braithwaite I Park over I there. I did. I did. I would bike on the levees, the front and the back, um, always exploring that area. But, um, you know, today we're having um, a, a, a bunch of students um, on to talk about coastal literacy, coastal education. Yes. And the first person we're having up, um, I'm actually really excited, um, you know, is representing Jesuit High School. Oh, big shock. Mater. Big shock. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, a few months ago, I was looking at a CPRA board agenda and I saw that there would be a presentation from a Jesuit High School student. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I need to kind of find out more about that. And so um, we've been in touch with with the student and we have him here today. So we're going to learn more about what he presented, but also his interest in coastal restoration and how that all started. So I'd like to welcome to Delta Dispatches, Milan Mardia, senior at Jesuit High School. Welcome to the show, Milan. Thank you for having me. Oh, he's a natural on the radio, too. Well, look, maybe I'm losing my job after this. Exactly. You, this might become two Jesuit students uh, that are an alum and a student that uh, you know, take feeling, over the I'm show. I'm feeling immediately left out already. So we're going to get into all that. But first, I have to ask, Milan, how are things at Carrollton and Banks these days? Uh, things are really good, you know, with the Minds and Hearts Enlightened program. We just got a new gym uh, working on different buildings. Uh, we have a great student council board. Uh, they've been coming up with some great ideas and really livening up uh, daily life at Jesuit. And yeah, everything is going well. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I saw the um, campaign that was recently launched. It looks great. And the uh, Tom and Gail Benson uh, auditorium is arena uh, arena yeah. yeah arena yes that's pretty cool so um tell us a little bit about yourself i mean uh first and foremost i understand that you recently uh heard the news that you got a 36 a perfect score on the act so I congratulations remember when that happens to me simone what was your act yeah, score <laughs> not a 36 that's very impressive uh yeah i uh took the test in june i put in two weeks of hard work uh took about eight to nine act tests oh wow um, did yeah. you walk out of this one feeling like I got that one? Uh, actually, I thought I did pretty bad oh. because uh, some of the questions I just had to rush to finish. But um, I was extremely happy because I worked hard for yeah. it. And uh, my brother also helped me. He got a 36 himself. Oh, so. I was going to say, is there okay. a little sibling rivalry yeah, there? Yeah, like, but, did you best your brothers? So. Yeah, but he's definitely a uh, supportive brother. So I really <laughs> appreciate that. So that pretty much means you could go maybe anywhere? Uh, I, I, hopefully. So what do you want to do? Um, I want to go into earth systems, basically understanding how the um, earth, uh, basically the different aspects of earth and how it works, and also human activities related to earth. Yeah, well, I mean, hugely relevant um, mm -hmm. in this day and age in, in Louisiana, but also globally. So mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a future there. I hear you have your um, your eye on one uh, institution in particular. Do you mind sharing which that is? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, November 1st, I applied to Stanford University because of their engineering program, and they're also facing a sort of coastal uh, problem. Uh, so I definitely think that going to California, especially Stanford, would be a really good place to pursue my interests. I'll come see you because they have a coastal commission there. And that is, wow. you know, we have a coastal restoration protection authority, as you know, you presented to them. But that's really interesting to us to think that, you know, California also has this entity, right? And so we think that there's a lot of connections there too. So um, you're right about the same risk uh, in a lot of lot of different ways um, that we're connected to California on several different levels. So so yes. you're super involved at Jesuit. I mean, beyond just uh, you know your perfect ACT score, you're a part of the speech and debate team. You've been involved in track and tennis, um, model UN, Mu Alpha Theta, academic uh, games. You're a national merit semifinalist. So I mean, do you do you ever find time to sleep? Uh, surprisingly, I actually sleep a lot. I have a pretty <laughs> unorthodox sleeping schedule. I sleep at around nine o'clock and then wake up at around three thirty-four. Oh, you got uh, old man disease. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, how did you first get interested in the issues of coastal restoration? So hurricanes have been a part of my childhood. Um, when I was little, obviously with hurricane Katrina, our house, although it wasn't uh, damaged that bad, I saw communities around me just get completely destroyed. And I remember one specific instance, I think during Hurricane Gustav, when um, my house was leaking and my dad brought me into a closet and my whole family was just, we didn't know what was going to happen. So in eighth grade, when my world geography teacher, he basically had like a week, uh, he gave us packets about coastal restoration and when I found out about this land loss, I immediately 
got interested. Yeah, and we want to talk in the next segment about um, how you took that interest to actually start developing skills around it, how you presented to the state's board on coastal restoration and protection, and really um, kind of what your message is to your peers and, and even people younger than you about how to get involved. Um, we're about to head into a break, um, but as a reminder, um, there are a number of events coming up. Uh, you know, it's cooling down, which means that volunteer season is heating up. So our friends at Coalition Restore Coastal Louisiana have a number of volunteer opportunities coming up. Um, they have an urban swamp habitat volunteer planning this Friday. If you can't make that, they also have an oyster shell bagging um, volunteer event on November 15th. So be sure to go to crcl.org um, to check out those opportunities and get involved to give directly back to the coast. Um, you're listening to Delta Dispatches and we'll be right back after the break. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org Louisiana. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore or Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund and a proud Blue Jay. I'm Simone Malaz with Restore a Retreat, and I just got a text message from my husband who's on the other side of the world that he's listening. Wow, all the way from <laughs> London. Well, he was probably checking to see if I made it here on time. If I made it here on time. Well, cheers to you, Billy. And I hear that um, there's some special tea that uh, is required or other kind of product that is required for you to bring back to Louisiana for Simone. So thanks for listening all the way on the other side of the pond. Yes, yes. Uh, I want to come back with our coastal stat of the week. Um, so 389 North American bird species are vulnerable to extinction due to climate change. But if we take aggressive action now, we can help 76% or 290 of those vulnerable species 
that have a they ha- would have a better chance at survival. And this, of course, is provided by Audubon's newly released climate report, Survival by Degrees, 389 Bird Species on the Brink. You, th- Learn- you, you thought I was going to... I know. Yeah. It was either oysters or birds, always. <laughs> but you can find more information on climate.audubon.org. Yeah, just sneaking the birds back I in know, where I can. Sneaking the birds back in. So we are back talking about coastal education um, with uh, Milan Mardia, a senior at Jesuit High School. Milan recently presented to the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority Board. Um, so tell us first, Milan, how did you get to present to the board? Um, believe it or not... Uh, I just emailed Mr. Klein uh, sometime in July uh, around 5 o'clock and within less than 24 hours in the morning, I think like 9 o'clock, I got an email back that he said that he would love to meet with me. And then after pitching him some of my ideas, um, we discussed and he thought it would be a good idea to invite me to the board meeting and I'm really glad for the opportunity. We talked about this a little bit during the break, but you may not know this, that uh, Chip claims to be the number one avid listener of this show. Um, we've had him on a couple of times. And, and as I mentioned, he testified uh, to Congress today talking about Gulf of Mexico revenue sharing. So uh, the, the dude does everything right. You yep, know, yeah. so I'm, I'm so glad that you got to talk to him. So what was that that board experience like? I think Jacques and I maybe I've, I've done it maybe twice. Um, um, so it was and that's def- like my job, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely pretty nerve wracking because I my education on the subject wasn't nearly as great as theirs and I thought I was out of my league kind of talking to them but when I went in there and after he called my name and I started talking I just got into the groove and I was just really confident in what I had to say. So what did you uh, present on uh, to the board? Uh, So I presented on mainly about educating the youth, getting the youth involved because after all in about 20 to 30 years we're the ones who are going to have to face this problem and look for solutions. And I also talked about a little bit how we could um, integrate artificial intelligence into the whole mix. So did you have some recommendations for the board or, you know? Um, Yeah, so I had three. um, One being to use artificial intelligence so that we could, one, most of the students nowadays are going towards computer science and artificial intelligence. So if we can broaden the field to attract those students, we can develop a really awesome solution to this problem. Um, I also put that sometimes uh, when we describe uh, coastal restoration, we use advanced terms. And we're not always cognizant that younger viewers or younger readers are actually reading it. So they get confused with the terminology and need to be explained in simpler terms. And uh, I think that's the main problem with... uh, education uh educating the youth yeah it's super important and i'm glad that they heard that message from you i also um, heard you said that you didn't like their website uh <laughs> <laughs> um hey being able to deliver blunt <laughs> feedback is a very important skill to well, have in well, life say, and, note taken yes note taken. um i think they're working on it but um you know getting back i want to talk about the artificial intelligence mm-hmm. a bit but getting back to your point about you know reaching the youth i mean th- you're obviously very passionate about this but do you see other peers and folks your age um kind of understanding what's happening with Louisiana's coast and caring about wanting to do something? So I just want to take this little step back. So I actually, initially, I went to meet with Chip Klein to, or Mr. Klein for the purpose of just presenting him ideas about artificial intelligence and different things. But I realized that when I, when I went back to school in 
throughout my years at Jesuit that no one really thinks that coastal erosion is a severe problem or even knows about it. So uh, when I went back to the board meeting, I thought I should shift my uh, talks about educating the youth in ways that we could do that. Yeah, and um, I mean, I, I think it's like great to have people like you and that uh, do understand and are passionate to be the the ones communicating to your peers about you know why it's important. Um, so the artificial intelligence work, um, you actually did a seminar a program through Stanford on that. So mm -hmm. and from what I understand, it wasn't a program geared towards high school students. You just kind of were interested and, and decided to take that that program. So tell us a little bit about what you learned there. Yeah. So in preparation, uh, when I thought of the idea for artificial intelligence, I decided that I should at least know how to do some of it. So I took an introductory course. Uh, through Stanford's online program. Um, yeah, so what I learned from artificial intelligence and basically what artificial intelligence is, it's collecting past data to predict the future is basically what it is. It's creating a complex algorithm to help predict the future. So there are multiple ways where artificial intelligence could be used in uh, the master plan, for example, and it can really increase the efficiency of project implementation. So. Yeah, I think one of the most important things about this conversation that we're having is is one that people understand that there's so many different um, facets of coastal restoration, right? I mean, there's everybody from, you know, those that need to know artificial intelligence to the guy that needs to know how to work an excavator, right? I mean, it is, it is almost limitless in how many folks in different skill sets and, and different jobs need to do things. And that goes from, you know, a PhD modeler who has some of the most advanced, uh, you know, computing capability. They use the supercomputer, you know, they use SuperMic and things like that to model this to the guy that's on the ground that needs to know, you know, that 86% of the plants survived the hurricane season, right? You know, or to the guy, like I said, that is, that's driving the excavator or welding uh, artificial oyster reef, you know? So it's really amazing when you get down into it about, I mean, it's almost like if you like that, then there's probably a job in coastal, right? You know, um, just because there's so many different things that you could be doing. Yeah, I actually had the privilege to go back to Jesuit. I guess it was earlier this year and present at their career day, and I presented to the eighth and ninth graders. Yeah, you're a media. Just saying, like, yeah, hey, you know, even if you're you don't have a science background, there's opportunity here to do the community outreach. I actually, showed your video, Simone, yes. to the science class. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is an important um, thing to know that just like. Depend, no matter what the field you pursue, you know, Louisiana kind of needs you. And, and not just Louisiana, mm -hmm. this is happening across the world. So there's an opportunity there. Do you see um, uh, opportunities to pursue careers in coastal and kind of environmental work? Definitely. I think uh, some sort of research for solutions as well as how to integrate, actually integrate technology into it. So I definitely think there are ways to pursue a job in coastal restoration. Well, um, you know, we do have a tradition on Delta Dispatches. <laughs> That's uh, the fun question. Um, so I was trying to think of something that was kind of Jesuit specific, but um, I guess I'll just ask, you know, your senior year, um, you're a senior, you know, looking back on your, uh, I don't know if you started freshman or eighth mm -hmm. grade, but the last four or five years at Jesuit, what's been your favorite memory at Jesuit High School? Hmm. I have a second question if that one's too hard. <laughs> that, was, that was too hard. I okay. Was, uh, What's your favorite dish that the oh, cafeteria? I was, so, I was so about to ask uh, if it, it was like, 
What's your favorite cafeteria day? Is it? Yeah. Um, so I'm actually a uh, vegetarian, so I don't eat uh, most of the food they put out. But I'm going to shout out my friend Marco Lagos. He uh, he gets me those uh, the McDonald's French fries that they serve, <laughs> and those are, those will probably be my favorite. They're really dish. good. I don't I don't know if it's still the case. When I was there, everyone loved the shepherd's pie, uh, and that oh, was yeah, just like yeah, such yeah. a popular yeah. day at the cafeteria. But there was actually a debate on if shepherd's pie was good the other day. Yeah. Oh. So in my table, yeah. So. Nice. So it's still very, you know, a very popular or, you know, at least polarizing um, dish that's served at So Carleton how long, that, that brings up, how long have you been a vegetarian? Uh, all my life. So it's like uh, my religion. I'm mm-hmm. Jane, so. So that I'm surprised that there's not actually more vegetarian options and stuff at Jesuit to begin yeah. with. Y'all are so far advanced and everything else. I know, else. I know. So... Well, um, so I have to say we're almost at a break, but um, thank you so much for coming and, and and more so for your interest and advocacy on this important issue. I think kind of you're helping inspire other people your age um, about why, you know, just it's not just important to be aware of these, but these ish- issues, but to actually take action. So um, and it also is it's hopeful, right? When you're yeah, thinking about the yeah, next generation, you're thinking about the opportunity to leverage technology and innovation and science to confront these really massive challenges. Um, sometimes. Simone and I get in the weeds of like, oh, it can get pretty bad, you know, yeah, but to, yeah. to look at the next generation and to look at some of these solutions um, and, and technologies that you've pursued yourself, it's pretty exciting. So thanks for coming on and best of luck in the rest of your year. Enjoy the rest of your uh, senior year. And, and enjoy and your summer with your brother. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And keep us posted. Uh, I mean, best of luck with Stanford too. Um, and uh, would love to know, um, you know, just how that works out. And I'm sure no matter where you end up, you will be hugely successful and we'll, we'll be hearing more from you. So thanks to um, Milan Mardia for joining Delta Dispatches. When we come back, we're going to shift from high school to community college and talk to um, folks at Nunez about a new program that they've launched on coastal studies and GIS technologies. Um, you're listening to Delta Dispatches. Reminder, we're always available online at deltadispatches.org. We'll be right back after the break. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. That was an awesome interview. I mean, I, I'm inspired. I don't know what you were doing your senior year in high school. But. Definitely not that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I literally took the ACT once. I walked in, like I had to borrow a pencil from a best friend who sat next to me. I took the test. I got good enough to get into UT in Austin. And that was yeah, it. The rest, that, is I, the rest is history. Well, I'm sure that is not the last we're going to hear from uh, Milan Mardia. Um, I do love that the way that you said it about it just gives you a little more hope, right? That somebody's interested in and that somebody's thinking about it and somebody as smart as he is, is, yeah. you know, engaged. Well, I mean, let's get, I kind of thought about that when I went to the career yeah. day, you know, our jobs can get really heavy and like, obviously yeah. we always want to be really realistic about what's happening and the challenges, but um, I do find hope in that next generation and technology and science and emerging fields yeah. and knowing that, you know, there could be some solutions that are developed that help yeah, for sure. Especially like and things like the um, monitoring. Like mm-hmm. once we build these projects, we have to make sure that 
they are built the way that they were supposed to be and that they last, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's the whole point of the investment. And so I think what Milan was talking about is, is going to come to fruition, not just as we build them, but also like just decades into the future about, you know, how can we monitor these projects and make sure that, oh, no, a storm's coming. Can we do mm -hmm. this differently, mm -hmm. you know, to protect? the investments that we've made. So great discussion. Yes. Well, we have another guest um, continuing the theme of coastal education and, and workforce development. Um, we've actually had him on the show before, mm -hmm. and we're very happy to have him back. Martin Mance, Coastal Restoration Program Manager at Nunez Community College. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches, Martin. Hi, Jacques. I'm uh, happy to be here again. Thank you for having me back. And you're not joining us alone. Is that correct? You are 100% correct. <laughs> I, uh, I'm here in my office with the nighttime evening course. Uh, GIS. Are we in class? <laughs> we are. We, we are here in the office in the computer lab where um, we hold class in the evening. I didn't do my homework, Jacques. Did uh -oh. you? I did not do my homework either. And we let uh, my, Milan leave the studio, who probably did the homework anyway. So, but welcome to the class. Um, welcome to the show yeah. class. Um, so, tell us a little bit, um, Martin, uh, for those who may not know, you all just launched a coastal studies and GIS technology program. So, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, for about a year prior, we had been. Um, set on having a coastal program, and we developed all of this coursework with an advisory committee of industry and professionals in the field, and the one skill everyone said you absolutely must have is uh, GIS. That is what everyone uses, and so we said, well, we're going to start with that and then, of course, have some additional coursework, uh, science-based, and integrate the skills that are needed for employment into each and every single course so that when students leave here, they're uh, employable and uh, can go to work on the issues that we're experiencing here. That's awesome. And, um, you know, there's a number of kind of course offerings. So kind of talk us through some of the offerings that are part of that program. Yeah, so um, we have three credentials. One is a one-year certificate in GIS technology that's focused on not just using the computer uh, skills in GIS, but also environmental data collection. By taking additional courses, you can earn a technical diploma, and some of those courses include environmental science, coastal science, Louisiana wetland ecology, and environmental law. Oh. Sounds like I need, by, uh, I need taking to go a back. Few more courses in uh, general studies area, some of the, you know, what we refer to as the basics, students can then earn an associate's degree. That's awesome. And I think Simone and I are just like, hmm, maybe we should no. enroll in some I of that. We should take a class. Um, or two. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, I mean, because this follows up on our uh, conversation about the importance of monitoring and kind of how um, you're understanding what is out on the landscape mm -hmm. and in the environment on the coast. But um, for folks who may not know, what is GIS and why is that important? Sure, sure. So I'm actually going to defer to the instructor of the course, Mr. Richard Poche, for that question because. He can tell you all about it. He's been uh, doing this for his entire career. Hi, Jacques. So GIS is basically Geographic Information Systems, and it's a complicated way to say computer mapping. And uh, it's tying all the data from various sources into uh, a map and visualizing it and analyzing it in ways that you can get information out of that you can't get just out of a spreadsheet table or uh, with no visualizations. So if you've done this your whole career, that certainly must have evolved and changed what 
information looks like, right? And how you get information. Um, so that must be interesting to teach the students that too, right? Sure. Yeah, just uh, trying to teach them a broad understanding of where the data comes from, uh, how to manipulate the data, best practices for using it. And uh, through my career in 20 years, I've seen it go from, you know, limitations to what your file sizes could be from floppy disks onto like the cloud server. So yeah, it's, it's pretty broad. My kids literally asked me what a floppy disk was. They had one in a TV show the other day, and they literally asked me what that was. And I, yeah, it is so crazy, so crazy. So can we talk to the students for a second? So Please do. Can, can you find one of your students and um, have them introduce themselves? And we want to know what made them interested in the program at Nunez. How you doing? This is uh, Paul McIntyre. I, uh, I was an oyster fisherman who uh, suffered 100% mortality in my oysters. And uh, since I do a lot of work with environmental groups anyway, which uh, Jacques, you may recognize me. I know. So how's it going? Well, I know you as, as PJ. And I have to say, <laughs> Paul has taken us out um, on his boat and has given an awesome tour of the Maurepas Swamp and other places. And so that's awesome to hear from you, um, Paul, PJ. And um, yeah, so, so how's the program going? It's, uh, it's very informative. Um, um, it has exceeded my expectations uh, as far as Professor Mance and uh, Richard Poche as being an instructor. They've done you know excellent job of teaching us everything we need to know so far. And uh, I feel very confident that at the end of the course, which I'm going to do an associate degree, uh, that I think it's going to be beneficial for me as a fisherman, for me as a, a secondary job, or maybe a primary job. Um, so, I mean, it's a... Uh, I think we've we've done pretty good so far. We have a few other people in class that uh you know different aspects, but it it covers so much information. GIS does that uh you know everybody needs to know it. So yeah, yeah, very good point. I I love that it kind of wet your appetite to to know more and more and more, and that Nunez frankly offers the path that you can go down if you're interested in learning more. If, if you were interested in learning just GIS, that's great, but it sounds like they offer the full pathway. Yeah, and, and another reason I, I really wanted to come is so I could, uh, next time me and Jacques engage in conversation on the boat, I'll know what I'm talking about a little more. <laughs> oh, no. You know a lot. I mean, we really appreciate your um, expertise and knowledge of the landscape, but also, you know, you're taking us out. And so um, I'm glad that that program is being offered to yeah. people from a variety of backgrounds. I don't know. Are there other students there that would want to talk a little bit about what brought them to the program? Yeah, absolutely. Pam would love to tell you about what she's been working on. <laughs> Does Pam know that Pam would love to talk about what she's hey. been doing? <laughs> hey, Josh. It's Pam from the cafe. Hey, oh, Pam. Hey, How are you? I did yeah, not I wish, stage I this, totally, I promise. I totally wish y'all could see his face. <laughs> hey, Pam. How are you? Also, I promise I don't know everyone in Chalmette. <laughs> oh, I think so. Let's just wait. Maybe this I, up. <laughs> so, Pam, what made you, first of all, good to hear from you. What made you interested in this program? Um, well, I've been wanting to learn the GIS technology, um, and after I graduated from UNO, um, uh, Nunez, you know, advertised that they were doing this program, and um, I just want to learn a more practical skill to go along with the science degree that I have to convey um, what is going on with coastal Louisiana and maps and images and graphs and things like that. Yeah, so much. I mean, we work with several scientists and so many 
of them are so good at the technology part of it. I guess that we've had on quite a few times, Alicia Renfro, she loves the, you know, technology and maps and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's so important to be able to communicate what's happening and to kind of see the visuals and that kind of um, the tools that exist in terms of GIS and mapping and that sort of thing to, to show kind of uh, these issues that can be sort of complex. So um, we're about to head into a break and I'm curious to know if there's any other people over there that know me, <laughs> but I have to ask uh, Marty, um, can you tell us where folks can go if they're interested to learn more about the program, if they're interested in about um, enrolling and applying, um, give us all that good information. Sure, uh, I definitely uh, would refer you to our website, nunez.edu, where you can find under the academic programs uh, the, the official program and its associated curriculum and those three credentials that I offered. You can explore those courses and read the course descriptions and um, register for classes. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, when we come back, I want to hear a little bit about how the program came about, how it's supported. I feel um, like this is your life, Jack. Hear more from the <laughs> students. Um, but we're about to head into a break. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We'll be right back on WGSO 990 AM. And we're back. Um, you're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM, always available online at deltadispatches.org. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. And it is time for the Coastal Voice of the Week. Um, this week's Coastal Voice is from Kelsey in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, Kelsey says, the coast is my home as well as home to many different species of animals that can only be found on a, in a coastal environment. The coast holds all the estuaries, which are the birthplace to the majority of fisheries we enjoy. It's an enchanting, magical place where diversity abounds. It's not only critical to the animals that live there, but those that travel through the flyways from ducks to migrating songbirds. Um, thank you, Kelsey. And just a reminder, well you can go online at any time at RestoreTheCoast.org and share your coastal voice, and it might just be read one day on the show. Very nice. Well said. Well said, Kelsey. So we are back. Uh, we're back with Martin from Nunez. We were uh, just chatting with some of the students, apparently, which all Jacques knows. Jacques knows all of them. So <laughs> we wanted to, uh, I just wanted to bring up a point that this program was funded through the parish's Restore money. Can you talk about that a little bit, about what made this possible? Absolutely. No, we're, we're very grateful to the St. Bernard Parish for uh, first identifying the need to connect the um, local population to the jobs that are becoming uh, now needed on the coast that are in demand. And so their, their foresight to see that um, and then to, you know, not talk about it, but to be about it and say that we're ready to commit to this and developing it here first, uh, it, it was just amazing that um, is what brought this all together. So they, they allocated some funding, which uh, we've, we've leveraged it uh, and pursued other uh, sources of funds to, you know, get a whole brand new computer lab and some really high-tech uh, equipment for uh, collecting data in the field. And we've even got some very cool flying uh, contraptions. Uh, we've got some nice drones that are able to collect aerial photography and thermal imaging that we'll be teaching the students. Oh, neat. And another cool thing, I mean, your campus is literally right there mm -hmm. on the edge of Bayou Bienvenue, so I'm sure there's a lot of opportunity to get out um, and kind of apply the the learning right in the field. Is that correct, Martin? 
Yeah, you know, actually, um, Richard and I worked together on putting together a presentation recently, and the presentation did, in fact, include what you have just described. Our students were able to get out to the pump station over there um, in the central wetlands uh, along Bayou Bienvenue and collected environmental data with us. Very neat. Very neat. We talk about that project in, in several different circles. So I agree with you about the parish having the foresight to, to be able to do something like that. That's playing long game, and, and that's certainly well appreciated. I know that Terrebonne followed and did something similar with Fletcher, so y'all also set a good example, too. Yeah, and we'll hopefully have some of the folks from Fletcher mm-hmm. on in the future to talk about that. Um, you know, Martin, I'm, I'm curious, or if others want to chime in, too, I mean, what was it like to have this program go from kind of the idea to actually being, like, you have students in the in the classroom now, you're, you know, you have people enrolled. Um, what's it like kind of taking something like that, um, you know, from an idea to, to actually being implemented? Well, um, I, I can tell you it was not my original idea, uh, I was sort of, you know, came along once the idea had been generated and was in progress in the early stages, and so has uh, Mr. Richard Poche, and uh, we we had worked together for quite some time to see this happen, and um, it was a tremendous amount of work to do, but, you know, in the field that we work in, people are generally very, very supportive, and everyone agrees that uh, we need to do everything we can as fast as we can, and so it's that's how it has happened for for me anyway. Uh, maybe Richard would like to uh, add to that. No, that's exactly it. Um, you know, didn't really know what the interest would be, and when we signed up for the class and you know, I agreed to teach, I was uh, pleasantly surprised with the students that we had in their um, interest in the the curriculum. That's great. And are you all seeing, um, I mean, is this partially in response to more of a demand for these opportunities, um, both in St. Bernard, but also, you know, across the coast? No, that's still uh, yet to be seen, I think. Um, You know, myself being a scientist, I always like more data, Mm -hmm. you know, and since this is something that's new uh, and unique and located in this particular place, we have nothing to compare it to. And so we're, we're doing our best over here and can only hope, you know, everyone else is. And then we can look at some data, economic trends, uh, job reports, success rates, salaries, so on and so forth. But uh, right now we're doing everything we can over here. So, Martin, you were at um, the Governor's Advisory Commission yesterday, too. So we got out and about and we were talking about job reports and, and those different kinds of things as well. I know that y'all have worked with GNO Inc. What other kind of things do y'all have going on at Nunes? Well, in our school, being a member of the LCTCS system, we've got uh, goals to meet uh, administratively that um, are called the Louisiana 2020 goals. And so... Our school has been performing very well toward reaching these goals, and uh, those goals are about, you know, student retention, uh, recruitment, um, you know, overall quality of school's performance, and Nunez is on track to meet those goals. So over here we've been doing uh, lots of things in our various programs, and um, this 
program here is 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 brand new and it's contributing to to those new numbers in recruiting new students that may otherwise not have come to this school because we have something that differentiates ourselves. And one of the things I love about Nunez and, and kind of the community is um, how connected you all are to the community there in St. Bernard Parish and, and with partnerships with the Merrow Foundation and Chalmette High on, you know, mangrove plantings and other volunteer opportunities. So tell us a little bit about that involvement, that community involvement and some of the work that you all have been doing with some of the partners there. Okay, well, the Miro Foundation are, are excellent partners, and I, I've worked with them uh, since I arrived, and they um, have great projects that, that they do uh, all over St. Bernard Parish, but the two that we really um, participate in are uh, with students. We have a black mangrove planting program and then an um, artificial oyster reef welding program, and, and the two are joined together towards building uh, shoreline protection. And so um, for both of those activities, GIS is involved, and we've actually had students, um, we've gone out to the field to monitor the black mangroves and their growth and, um, you know, collect GPS data on their positions and the positions of those shorelines for those projects. So that would not be possible uh, without the support of the uh, Miro Foundation on those projects. Yeah, and I know, um, you know, last year there was the cook-off for the coast, which um, was down at Dockville Farms and helped raise funds for some of the, the, the mangrove plantings. And that's actually coming up quickly next year, um, February 8th at Dockville Farms again in Violet. Um, you can go to cookofforthecoast.com if you want to learn more. Hey, if you're a cook-off team and you want to get involved, I know the Chalmette High students gave everyone a run for their money last mm -hmm. year, so I'm, I'm pulling for them this year. Um, but this year's um, event is actually going to benefit the Chandelure Sound Living Shoreline Program. So, And you all are a partner on that program as well, correct, Martin? That is exactly what um, you know we are involved in here, uh, and our students are using that to gain experiential learning because it is, in fact, a... Um, a real restoration project of a very uh, large scale, but it is feasible within our means. And um, like you identified, the St. Bernard Parish here, the community uh, being involved in, uh, you know, in various ways. For example, on November the 21st, we'll be going out to collect the mangrove propagules, and then the next day we'll be putting those into pots so that we can go out and plant them the following year. And so uh, community members come out and participate, uh, students participate from Chalmette High School. And uh, this year we'll have our first Nunez group of students that are going to be participating. And uh, all of this is for that Living Shoreline project um, that the, the cook-off uh, supports. Well, that's awesome. Um, and thank you all so much for taking the time to be with us. And also, congratulations on the launch of this really important program. It's off, it's great that this is being offered um, in St. Bernard, but, you know, to folks around the whole region um, to really build their skills and develop, um, you know, the learning that they need to be able to take advantage of opportunities that are coming. So um, one more time, Martin, where can folks go to get more information? Uh, please visit our website, nunez.edu. Uh, look under Academic Programs, where you'll find the Coastal Studies and GIS Technology Program and all of the coursework. And uh, please come and visit with me uh, anytime you'd like to learn more about the program. I can uh, advise you on what courses are here. 
And uh, any any other questions you may have about the coast, I, I'd love to chat with you. Well, thank you, Martin. Thank you, Mr. Poche. Thank you, PJ and Pam. I hope to see you all soon. <laughs> and other classmates. Exactly. That- <laughs> and other folks that we may have not gotten to. Thank you for for joining. Um, it's been a great show. Yeah, fun show. I want to give a fun quick to be plug back to um, Milan Mardia has created a website, lacoastalerosion.com. That is a huge nice. yes. resource of information. But also, if you're looking for internship opportunities, he lists a bunch of opportunities from different engineering firms where you can go and search and, and get involved. So taking that learning from the classroom and applying it in an internship and hopefully and eventually a, a job and a career. Um, it's great to be back with you, Simone. It is. Nice um, to see you. We have more shows coming in the weeks and months ahead. So keep listening to us on WGSO 990 AM. This has been a Delta Dispatches. We'll see you next week. Bye.